0: you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn to 1st Peter chapter 2, 1st Peter chapter 2, we're going to start reading in verse 7. Unto you, therefore, which believe, He is precious. How many of y'all today can say, and you ain't got to raise your hand, because there may be some of you here today that don't understand this yet. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. But how many of y'all today can say, that to you, He is precious? Unto you, therefore, which believe, That's a a crucial part of it right there. Which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. Even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. And I ain't got to where I'm going to preach yet, but let's just stop for a second. I want you to think to a time in your life, you may think he's precious now, but how many of you can today can say that you remember a time when he was a rock of offense, when he was a stone of stumbling? And if you can't say that, you're not being very honest. I'll tell you right now, there's a time in my life when I didn't want any people i know until I was a Christian. And because of the fact that I was a Christian and didn't have... Things right in my life. I was being disobedient. He was a stone of stumbling. Continuing verse 9. But you are a chosen generation. Now, y'all listen to this. I'm going to tell y'all, this ought to just... Oh, man. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The title of this message this morning is called into the light. Y'all go to the Lord with me in prayer right now. Father, I come to you right now, Jesus. Lord, God, you know I'm not adequate. Father, you know there ain't nothing in me that I have to offer to anybody that would do them any good. If anything, Lord, the things I have in me would do nothing but hinder them. But, Lord, there's one thing I have in me. Oh, Master, if it wasn't for the saving grace of Jesus Christ, I'd be worthless. But, Father, I thank you for calling me into your light and right now in Jesus' name, Father, I ask that you pour your anointing out in this place. Oh, Lord, I ask that you... Give me the words to say in these next few minutes, Father, that would touch the heart of somebody here today. And Lord, I ask that the words I speak be your words only. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, there's those in this world that will never accept Jesus as their Savior. And I hate to even think about that because they're there. No matter what, no matter no matter what somebody says, no matter what people do, no matter what kind of evidence God shows them that He is alive in their life, or He wants to be a part of their life, they'll reject Him at every turn. But I want you to know today, if if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you don't have to be one of those kind of people. You see, there was a time when I was. There was a time when most everybody here was that is now a Christian, that was called into His marvelous light. I want you to understand there was a time when Jesus was a rock of offense to me, when He was a stone of stumbling to me. But you see, this is not those times. Because I'm part of a new generation, a royal priesthood, He said in His Word, a peculiar people. Why am I peculiar? Because I'm kind of odd and people look at me funny? Well, that might be the case, but that's not what I'm talking about. You see, what I'm talking about today is the something that's in me that you may not have. What I'm talking about today is the fact that I'm now in this marvelous light this Scripture talked about. You know, the Word tells us over in the Old Testament, I believe it's in, in Psalms or Proverbs, I can't remember right now, but it says that those that are in darkness don't even know what they stumble at. Because they're in darkness. Duh. They don't know what's causing them to have all these issues in their life. They don't know why life is so hard. And they look around and they see people that just seem to have it all together. Well, I'm here to tell you today that you don't have to stay in darkness. Amen? Listen. I'm going to read this to y'all again. I don't think you fully understand it yet. I don't think you fully got a taste of it. See, I've been thinking on this since last night, so i got a head start on you. Verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation. Oh, what? See, you're chosen. You may not have accepted Jesus yet, but He chose you. Yeah, there's those out there. Listen. Y'all understand it now. There's those out there who won't ever accept Jesus. Never. He didn't choose them. I don't know why. I'm not God. His ways are higher than my ways. I don't understand why it is he chose me. But listen, today is your opportunity. If you don't know Jesus, you can be part of that chosen generation. And what comes after that? royal priesthood see do you understand that when god chose you he didn't just choose you and then that was it no he called you he put you into a place or he's allowing you to be put into a place that you can be the royal priesthood man that's not that's not something to take lightly y'all understand that that's not something to to just gloss over The thing that changed my life, and I've shared this with some of y'all before, but I already knew I was called to preach, and somebody prayed over me, and he said, God, thank you for calling us to your highest calling. What? That just blew my mind. I almost fell to my knees right there because I realized I I had just blew off everything that God had laid at my feet. He called me to his highest calling. Do you understand what that means? Do you understand the ramifications of that? He didn't just say, okay, I'm going to let you come in. No. Oh, listen, it says royal priesthood. Y'all know what it means to be royalty. Y'all know what it means to be a king and a queen. Y'all understand something about that in worldly terms? He called us to be a chosen generation, royal priesthood, a peculiar people. You don't just see kings and queens every day, do you? See, everybody looks at that scripture and they say, well, that just means you're supposed to be different. It means you're supposed to not be like the world. Well, you're right, but not in the terms you're thinking. Because, see, He called you to be a royal priesthood. Kings and queens ain't like the rest of us, are they? Not in worldly terms. Everybody looks up to them. You know, I heard the other day on the news that our our president's wife, I don't even want to say first lady, but we're not getting into that. Anyway, <coughs> our president's wife went up and hugged the queen, and everybody was just, <gasps> you're not even supposed to touch her. See, there's something different about her that people have... Kind of put her up on this pedestal they look at her differently she's peculiar she's precious in their eyes right? well see not only is Jesus precious in our eyes but see what God did when he when he allowed us to come in he allowed you know he sent Jesus we talked about this last week he sent Jesus to lay down his life so he could pick it up again and so that he could overcome. Death, hell, and the grave, conquer everything Satan had thrown at us so that we had a chance to accept what he did and come into his kingdom. But the thing that amazes me about God is that God never just gives you a little bit and just the very bare minimum. He always He always adds a little to it. Brother Sam was giving us a testimony. I'm going to get to it in a minute, y'all. Hang on. Brother Sam gave us a little testimony in Sunday school today about some guy that pretty much had lost everything, was walking down the road, and there was a sack of groceries laying there. It blew out of somebody's truck. Well, he he got the groceries. A little ways down the road, he found two two two-liter bottles of Sprite. See, God could have just gave him water. But no, he gave him Sprite. He gave him something a little better than water. Now, I ain't going to talk about the Spam that he said was in the bag because I don't care much for Spam. But to him, I'm sure if he hadn't ate in several days, man, he's thinking, man, I ain't even got to heat this up. This is good stuff. You can just open it and eat it right. See, God, when He works in your life, He doesn't do the bare minimum. Kevin Alfred will do the bare minimum. Man, he got quiet. Y'all don't do that. Y'all don't just do what it takes to get by sometimes. Oh, yeah, I know. Sometimes you'll you'll try to do a little extra to really bless somebody, but I try to do what it takes to get by sometimes because i got other things to do. See, God doesn't do just what it takes to get by. He called us to be a royal priesthood. Man, y'all need to be excited. A chosen. Listen. Listen to these words. Chosen generation. He hand-selected. Y'all ever went to a meat market and, and said, I want that one right there. That looks good. Choice. You ever went to a car dealer? I ain't never been able to do this. You ever go to a car dealership and say, yeah, all that on the lot looks good, but I want a custom order one. Oh, man. You get it, and every piece of that car is just the way you wanted it. See, that's what it means to be chosen. Y'all are going to get a taste of it now. That's what it means to be chosen, see. He designed you. And Jeremiah it says he knew you when you were in your mother's womb. He knew you. He says he knew his thoughts for you, that they're for good and not for evil. He, see, he knows all about you. He chose you. And what do we do? God, I ain't got time for that right now. God, I ain't got time for this right now. I, I got other things to deal with. And he just says, okay. See, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. And we just, God, I don't have time right now. Man, I did that for a lot of my life, and I just put, pushed him to the side. Listen, he called me to be a preacher. And I just said, I, God, I ain't got time right now. But that time that guy said, thank you, God, for calling us to your highest calling. It's just like the Holy Spirit fell right there in that place. And he said, that's what I've been trying to tell you all this time. And you just pushed me off. See, he didn't just call me to be a Christian and that was it. He called me for a purpose. And if you think you're one of them today that he didn't call for a purpose, you're sadly mistaken because that's not what the Word says. He says you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. Peculiar. Let's just replace peculiar for a minute because everybody thinks of odd. Let's just say special. A special people. He designed you with a purpose. Man, listen to that. He designed you with a purpose. You think, oh, I've got all these talents and abilities. I can do other things that ain't got nothing to do with God. But listen, he designed you with a purpose. And you think those talents and abilities can't be taken and used? You're wrong. You see, what I do all day is work on computers. That ain't got nothing to do with church, right? God takes my talents and abilities if I'm willing to uh, allow him, if I'm willing to make myself available to him. And, you know, there came a point where I said, God, I don't even care anymore, whatever you want me to do. I don't care. I'll do it. See, that's the kind of attitude we've got to have when you change your way of thinking and say, God, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. Well, maybe I could do this. You you keep trying to figure out what it is you're going to do for God. Stop worrying about that and say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. See, some of us are afraid that God's going to put something on us that we don't want to do. And you're probably right, I'm going to tell you right now. You're probably right. See, I ain't ever heard a preacher that wanted to be a preacher that was worth a flip. Did y'all hear me? I ain't ever heard a preacher that, was, that wanted to be one that was any good. Oh, they can talk real smooth and real sweet. They know the right things to say, but everybody leaves there thinking, I did my duty, I came to church. Y'all don't come to church because it's your duty. Don't come because it's your duty. Because, you know, honestly, God don't need you to be here. Y'all ain't ever had nobody talk to you like this, have you? God don't need you to be here. If you're coming for Him, you're coming for the wrong reason. Now, I don't want you to be selfish and think I'm coming to get everything I can for me. Because that's not what it's about either. But see, you ought to come to this place expecting to receive something for God from God. Yeah. Why? Well, yeah, it's to lift you up, it's to exhort you, it's to build you up, but it's for a purpose. So you can go on out and, and touch somebody else. Yeah. If you come empty, this is the filling place. If you come already full, then you need to get busy doing something. It see, you don't get filled up just to hold on to it in reserve. Amen. Christianity is not about reserve tanks. Christianity is about trying to pour out whatever you have on somebody else. I want you all to understand the importance... Of what God did. See, I can tell you this stuff over and over and over. But until you get a little taste of of Jesus in your heart, you won't understand it. It all sounds good, but you know, I've heard history lessons that were 100% lies that sounded good. You can make anything sound good. But until you get a taste of the truth... You get a little something in you, and you say, man, I need a little more of that. See, there's somebody sitting here today, and I know this because God showed me last night. I don't know who, but he told me there's going to be somebody here today, and they need to hear about Jesus. And I decided a long time ago that no matter what I preached, it was going to preach Jesus. You see? So I'm just going to talk to you for a minute. I don't know who you are, but I believe God sent you here today well, by whatever circumstances to hear this. You see, you can be one of those people that never, ever accepts Jesus as their Savior. But see, you don't have to be that way. See, what the Word tells us is that you were predestinated. And, you know, we can get off into that if you want to and argue the points of predestination. But what I want you to understand is that that word we just read says you're a chosen generation. Generation. It says that He chose you. See, everybody gets to thinking that I chose to be saved. And you know, I did. But before I chose Jesus, He chose me. So if this word is going across you today and you say, whatever, well, maybe you're one of them people. And nothing I say will change any of that. But let me tell you this. You don't have to be one of them people. You can at any point in time say, you know what? I'm going to choose Jesus because he chose me. He designed me. He, He wants me. You understand what it means to be wanted. See, I want y'all to get a full picture of this this morning. Because when I go to a car dealer and I say, I want a custom order one. And this is what I want in it. I want this thing to look like this. I want it to have these options. I want it to have all this stuff. And I'll pay whatever price. Y'all getting a picture of this? See, when God chose you, he knew what characteristics He wanted in you. He knew how He wanted you to be. He hand-selected you. So I want that one right there. Now you and I both know that every time you go to a car dealer, you don't always walk away with something. Just because you pick something out and it looks like the best one don't mean you're going to get it. So today is your opportunity. Man, I'm just as simple as I can be, okay? There ain't nothing complicated about me. I told my wife that the other day. See, women are complicated. Men are not. There's very few things it takes to make me happy. And there's no false pretenses about whether I'm not happy or not. I'm just simple. I don't know how else to be. And see, this thing I'm telling you today is just simple. If you want Jesus, you just ask him to come in. It's that simple. You, that you don't have to worry about cleaning your see. Everybody wants to say, Well, I gotta get things right. I've got all this stuff in my life that I need to take care of. And when I get all that settled, I'm gonna come back to God. Man, you got it so backwards. You got it backwards. Simple as that. See, the way it works is you come to God and say, God, look at all this junk I got. Help me. And man, then he begins to clean you up. You see, you've tried it all your life. You've you've tried it already. I don't know whether you're saved or not. But you've tried it already. You can turn it over to him and let him try for a while. Because see, he has the answers. He is—he is the man with the plan. Amen. You can be a part of that chosen generation. You don't have to just go by the wayside. You can choose today. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a royal priest. Whew. Y'all understand what that means? It don't mean you got to be a preacher. Oh, man, there's so many other things God might have you do. But if it is, great. Listen, (laughs) if he called you to preach, man, that's great. See, he chose you to his highest calling. He didn't just pick you to serve tables or wash cars. No, man, he called you to the highest place. He designed you so he could call you in there. You understand what that means. See, that means that if you you take all that and put it in perspective, all of a sudden you begin to realize God has a plan for your life. That just blows your mind. When you see that God cared enough to make you a certain way so you could do things the way He would have you do them, so that you could fulfill His will for your life. You see, y'all listen to me just for a minute. Anything that you come up with on your own is never better than second best. See, that was a realization God gave me many years ago. Anything I come up with on my own, no matter how good it may seem, if it's not God's will, it's not any better than second best. Because His will is the very best thing I could have for my life no matter what it may look like on the outside. You know, there's been many times I've done things in my life that I was being obedient to God. And I said, God, I don't know how this is going to work out, but because I know this is what you want me to do, I'm going to do it anyway. And it don't look all that good. But you know, that was still the best thing for me. It was still the very best God had for me. Understand that God wants... The very best for you. Now, you can't say that about most of your parents. We went yesterday and was looking at some rollerblades because the kids want rollerblades, and I ain't bought them yet. But you know what I did? I walked up to the shelf, and they always have these things in order by price. And I saw the expensive ones were down there, so I went to this end and started working my way up. Why is that? Well, number one, I know my kids can't skate that great and they really don't need that expensive of a rollerblade. Because they'll probably throw them away after a few months of wear and tear and decide they don't want to play with them no more. So I ain't gonna spend a hundred dollars on a pair of rollerblades when I can spend twenty. Now does that mean I'm cheap? Well maybe so. But I know my kids. Now, you look at this in God's perspective. See, God wants the best for you. He said, no, that $20 one ain't good enough. You take this one. Now, that don't mean you can come to God and just get, get, get. But what it means is when God designed you, God planned for you, God chose you, He picked the best. See, He doesn't do things second best. And I believe that's the way we ought to be with God. We ought to give God our best. Put the best foot forward. Put the best you have out there. See, you you may not know God the way I know Him today, but every time I've seen God move in my life, it's it's the best. I ask God for a car, and God gives me a sports car. I I just say, God, you you know what I need, and you know what I like. Just give me something. And Help me pay for it, by the way. (laughs) See, it seems kind of funny to ask God for stuff like that, but you see, God honored my prayer. We begin to pray for Rhonda's vehicle and say, God, look, you know what she likes better than I do. You know what she's in need of. That's the main thing. You know what we need. I ask that you just bless her. With what she needs And then add a little to it For what she wants to And God done it he, he honors those requests And see those are little trivial things I know a car may seem like a big deal to some of you But it's a trivial thing to God We don't want to bother God With this stuff sometimes But it's no bother Because see He chose us He wants the best for you He wants you to be blessed Above and beyond I'm not trying to preach prosperity this morning, guys, I, Look, guys, I want y'all to understand where we stand with God. Okay, we look up, we look up at God sometimes like He is just so high He can't be reached. That's not the case. Oh, listen, God is exalted far above. Oh man, lift up the name of God. Just praising and lift up His name. But what I'm trying to tell you today is that at the same time you're lifting up those praise, He's standing right there with you. Amen. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to be involved in your life. And so many times, y'all look at me, you know you have said, God, I don't have time for that right now. I don't have time for it right now. And He just says, okay, I understand And he backs up. What he wants you to do is say, God, whatever, man. I just want to be pleasing to you. That's the attitude he wants. And when you do that, does he say, "Uh uh-huh, I told you so? No, he says, come on. That's what I made you for. You're starting to get a taste of it. You're starting to understand why I put you here. You see, there'll come a time in your life, kids, when you say, I've tried everything else. I've tried everything. Some of you older people, y'all know, you get to a point where you say, I'm at my wit's end. I have done everything I know to do, and everything I try fails. You know what? You can just keep right on failing. Or you can turn to God and say, God, I don't have no other choice. But I'm going to turn to you now anyway. And you see, most people in this world at that point would say, well, you should have thought about that a little sooner, shouldn't you? Y'all ever done that to somebody? You try to tell somebody the right thing, and they just say, hmm, no, not right now. And then after all these terrible things have happened, they come back and say, yeah, you're right. And then you say, yeah, I know. You should have listened to me to start with. But I ain't got time for you now. That ain't what God does is it? God says, "I wanted the best for you, but it's not too late. You see anything you do wrong from this point forward, it's not the best, but that don't mean it's too late. At any point, you can say, God, I was wrong, and He'll just pick you up right where you are and start from there. He'll start from there, and he'll take stuff in your life that you have totally ruined. I know it's past twelve, y'all. Hang on. He'll take stuff in your life that you've totally ruined, and all of a sudden, see, this is what do- I don't understand about God. The Word says that he will he will make that stuff work together for our good. How does that happen? How does he take stuff that I I screwed up and made a mess out of my life? And he'll take it and say, yeah, I know you messed up. And I know this looks terrible, but I'm going to use that stuff for your better just to show you I'm God. See, that's how God moves. That's how God works. I don't know about the God you serve, but that's how my God works. My God says, that stuff don't matter to me. I'm bigger than that. And you see, I can take nothing and make good come out of it.